One thing that I've learned in my 20s is that navigating your path can be confusing. In my experience, trying to do it alone is absolutely miserable. That's why I'm teaming up with Quarter Life Center to bring all young adult listeners a free 15-minute coaching session. Support is everything, and coaching has helped me so much. If you're feeling confused, use this opportunity to see if coaching is right for you. Go to quarterlifecenter.com and use promo code YOUNGADULT2022 when you sign up. Young adulthood is confusing. Navigating the beginning of your career, exploring relationships, and trying to find a balance isn't easy. I'm Allie Dietz, and you're listening to Young Adult Path to Progress. My mission is to help young adults feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less confused, and hopefully inspired by the conversations they hear on this podcast. Welcome to my path. I hope I can help you find peace in yours. Welcome back to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. I'm Allie Dietz, and I'm here with Lindsay and Krista from the Almost 30 podcast. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. I feel like we got super warmed up before just like talking forever. So I'm excited (laughs) to dig into our conversation. Hi, everyone. We're happy to be here. Totally. I took the Accelerator program with Lindsay and Krista When I found the program online, I was in such a rut. I was not passionate about what I was doing. I had just moved to Austin, very confused. And I knew that I needed to tap into my passion again so that I was happy in the life that I was living. I needed to fulfill the purpose that I felt like I was no longer fulfilling. I wasn't releasing episodes. I felt like my audio quality was awful. There were just so many things that needed to be fixed. and. Lindsay and Krista, I cannot even say how much you helped me. I know I already said it when we talked before this, but the accelerator program shifted my entire life. I feel like it put me on a path that like, I feel so good about right now. And I can't thank you guys enough. But today's episode, I want to talk about refocusing on your passion and moving away from anxious guilt that you feel, because that's something that you guys helped me with. If you guys have had any moment in your career path that you have felt like you're not passionate about what you're doing. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm like nodding over here, um, nonstop because I feel like it's a very real thing with anything that you pursue. That might be your career. That might be a side hustle. That might be a creative project. I do feel like we hit ruts in order to get more honest, get more specific perhaps recalibrate, inject new life into something. So I think now having gone through some ruts in my life, I always get a little bit excited when I'm hitting like a sticking point because I'm like, oh, something has to change. <laughs> and it's it's a little bit more fun and exciting now knowing, knowing that that's what's happening. But um, I think for me, one of my early ruts was with my acting career. And I just felt like I was doing what I thought I should be doing. And I think a lot of us can think about something in our lives, in your own life, that you're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing in order to reach the goal. And that is based on what you see other people doing most likely, or what you've seen experts do in your field. 
And for me, it was taking the right classes. It was studying under certain teachers. It was uh, getting the side hustle job at night in order to audition during the day. It was networking in a particular way. It was auditioning in a particular way. It was trying to be what I wasn't really at my core. And it just wasn't working. It wasn't hitting. And I really had to take a step back. And I did so by just immersing myself in the soul cycle world. And I eventually became an instructor and it kind of revived this part of me that really wanted to be uniquely creative on a regular basis, bring in that element of performance. And for me, that increased my confidence. So though it looked different and I pivoted and seemingly to most people that would be completely different than pursuing acting. For me, it was able to revive the parts that had kind of died you know, and thankfully I was open enough to that possibility because some people might not be, some people might be like, no, I want to be an actor. And although I kind of had to put that on pause, it did open up a lot more possibility for me down the line. I met Krista through Soul Cycle. We started the podcast. And so sometimes these ruts are redirecting us to places that could scratch that itch and also give you opportunities that you might not have imagined for yourself. So I grew up in Ohio and I went to college in Ohio and I got a corporate job after school. And I think that's what pretty much everyone I knew ended up doing was just got a job in the corporate world, you know, whatever space that was, if it was marketing, if it was sales, if it was in digital, if it was in finance, whatever. And I remember my whole career felt like a rut, (laughs) you know, it just felt like to me as someone that's so soulful and deep and, you know, interested in things that are so far outside the box. It was so hard for me to be in a space that I personally felt super stifled by. And I personally felt like I couldn't be creative. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't explore things I was interested in. So I was in that for eight years and I ended up finding passions outside of it. You know, I started blogging and photography and travel and started businesses on the side to sort of like channel that energy because it got to a point where it was just like, I needed to do something with it. I couldn't continue to look for fulfillment in the ways that I wanted to be fulfilled in my corporate job or in a job that I really realized would never fulfill me in that way. And I always, you know, offer for people, you don't need to completely quit or start a podcast or change your life. But if you are feeling that rut energy within your job, how can you take that and look for a way to find the result that you want, maybe not from the same place. Because if you keep coming to your job, like you need to fulfill me creatively, you need to fulfill me, you know, intellectually, you need to kind of like fulfill these needs that your job might not be equipped to do. How can you just have gratitude for the job for giving you the check that you can also take to invest in yourself outside of it, to take classes, to start doing new things, to start fulfilling that. And I think that can even be expanded into relationships. You know, with every relationship, you sort of know what from that relationship you can expect, what you should um, have as a standard and not like beat yourself up if you're not being fulfilled in every single relationship in the same way. So how can you find a way to support yourself in getting out of the rut outside of potentially your job that might be your everyday check? It's such a normal feeling for people in their 20s to feel like they're in a rut and like you're going to hit 20 of them. It's exactly the space you're supposed to be in because like Lindsay said, 
that rut is going to push you in a, into a different path that you never even would have imagined. You never knew that that path even existed. So why would you have gone that way? Yeah. And I think too, with your twenties, I think about the concept of being a rut and how it's sort of like a normalized feeling in your twenties. And for me and for my experience, that had a lot to do with drinking all the time and drinking and partying. And so I would feel like, oh my God, I'm in a rut. And it's like, what it was I doing with my time? And I think as I got older, I've been a lot more honest with myself about where I'm spending my time, where I'm spending my attention, where I'm spending my energy. And when I started to do that, my life changed because I stopped drinking. I started to do all these things, but I started to really get honest with myself and be like, I feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like my life isn't going the way I wanted it to. I feel like I don't have a purpose. I feel like I'm wanting these things that are different than the actions that I'm doing. And I'm going out during the week and drinking. I'm drinking on the weekends. I'm recovering all day, Saturday and Sunday. And then I'm just at my job again because I haven't spent the time outside of my nine to five wisely to set myself up for success in the future or given myself goals to set. You know, when I stopped drinking, one of the things that I started to do was like, I need to find a purpose. So I made small goals where I started to run half marathons or 5Ks or 10Ks, or I would say, I want to volunteer twice a month, or I would say, I want to take a new class every month, or I would ask my friends, can we go on a trip? You know, finding things to look forward to or finding other ways that you can fulfill that need for a purpose and passion and getting really, really honest with yourself. Because I think we've normalized in our 20s that it's normal to feel in a rut and super lost. And it is because you're sort of leaving the, you're waking up to the life that they told you that you should want doesn't make a lot of people happy. And that's drinking on the weekends, recovering, doing a nine to five during the week, and then rinse and repeat. And so once we get really honest with ourselves about how we are showing up and how the world is being reflected back to us, we can sort of get real and take steps to bring us out of that rut. Yeah, totally. When I was living in New York City, that was my lifestyle. It was work, 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 drink, 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 work, 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 drink, drink, drink. And the internal work that I had to do and like, I didn't want to look in the mirror and say, you're not fulfilling your life because you're putting yourself into these situations that are not healthy for you. And I feel like for so many people, that's just the culture you get out of that, you know, you're in that culture in, in, in college, and then it just follows you into the real world. And doing that internal work is so important, but difficult. It's scary. And it's kind of wild, you know, to think about how many jobs are based on relationship building. So I'm thinking about people that as a part of their job, they go out and they take people out to drinks and they make sure they're having a great time, intoxicated, get to a point where they can schmooze and do the deal and whatever. And I'm like, oh, wow, like all of these relationships. And that's kind of what we're not taught, but just indoctrinated into, into in college because it is most colleges have that drinking culture around the social life. And so we kind of apply it to the, our adult life and it just become it, it becomes out of control because the, we're, lo- we're losing touch with ourselves. And then we're losing touch with what a relationship, a true, honest, connected relationship is. And we really have to like relearn and almost hit like that rut or rock bottom in order to like make it clear again, what is really important in those relationships. Yeah. I also have personally recognized that as I have stopped drinking as much as I was, the relationships that I'm building now are so much more meaningful and creative. The people in my life right now are supportive 
they care about what I'm doing, but they also have their own passions that they're creative and they're passionate about. And because of that, the conversations are so much deeper, which fulfills my soul. It makes such a difference. And then waking up and being able to remember those conversations and like actually feel like you took something out of them that's going to push you forward. And I'm very lucky. I'm my boyfriend is very focused on growth and he's someone who has highlighted that to me. And within our relationship, he's really pushed me to grow. And it should be every conversation that you're having every day, you should wake up and what can I do today to push myself forward, to grow and be better than I was yesterday. And if you're focused on that and you're like acknowledging that the little steps that you're taking every day, then it's so much easier to feel passionate about what you're doing because you know that you're doing what's healthy and right for you. Yeah, I think the key too is doing the small steps. I think people look at other people's lives and maybe their Instagrams or wherever the person next to them is. And they're like, oh, they have this amazing job that they can travel and they you know, make this amount of money and they do all this. And it really happens in tons of small steps. And that's what for goal setting, it's so important to break things down into really, really small chunks so that you can actually feel and create momentum with doing those really small steps rather than going like, okay, so today I'm going to create my entire website and I'm going to do all of this. It's like, how can you just set up a goal where you're like, all I need to do is create the account today. And then you're like building confidence within yourself and building momentum. They say too, like there's a statistic around only writing up to seven goals a day or seven to-dos a day on your list. And otherwise your brain just gets overwhelmed. And seven is like the only one that your brain can conceptualize. So just making things super granular, like supporting yourself along the way and knowing that it doesn't happen overnight, I think is really important. And that even goes with drinking. You know, maybe you don't want to stop drinking immediately right now, but how can you find and do activities that are don't include drinking and sort of create an opportunity for yourself to see and explore what it would be like to not drink every weekend. What three things do you think people can do to recenter and refocus when they're not feeling passionate? I think it's most important, at least for me, has been to take space. And I think sometimes like taking space can be anxiety inducing because you're like, "Uh oh, I don't know if I trust myself to come back. I don't know if I trust myself to like recommit to this. But what I've found is that in this space and being able to actually hear my own thoughts, whether they need to be reframed or whether they have some truth to them, that it brings me a lot of clarity, a lot of peace, and even some, you know, inspiration that's been kind of like latent and waiting in the wings, but I haven't let through because I was so focused on, oh my God, I got to make this work, but I'm not feeling passionate, but I got to make this work. And meanwhile, over here, there's this like kind of, you know, soul level insight of like, Hey, how about we try this? And I think taking space and, you know, you can create structure around that meaning like, how about a month? How about a month you say you're feeling dispassionate if you're part of your career is on Instagram, right? If you're feeling dispassionate on Instagram, taking space, living your life <laughs> and seeing if that inspires a new approach to expressing yourself on the platform. I did that in December and it was really powerful and it was subtle, but powerful. And I just feel like I have less of this angstiness around Instagram and I'm 
more so working with it and collaborating with it. So give yourself a finite period of time to step away, to truly immerse yourself maybe in things that bring out your creativity, your joy, and seeing if that naturally and softly recalibrates your relationship with the thing. Yeah, I love those. I think I was that was my first one too, is thinking about how you can get all of the other voices out of your head. Because if we think about it, it's like a lot of people listen to podcasts all day and they listen to YouTubes and then they watch Instagram stories and then they watch TikToks and then they might read books and they might listen to the radio and they might have TV on. There is so much external input that is clogging your channel of you being able to tap into that voice or that intuition or that self, you know, that place that really you are the ultimate creator. And I find that when I've sort of kind of let things drift away and not really engaged as much as in internal inputs, I'm so much more able to connect with myself and listen to myself and know the sound of my own voice. Because so often, you know, we're kind of caught where we're, the voices inside us are really just the voices we've heard online and the voices that we've heard in a book. And it might not actually be our truth or be our voice. So we have to be really careful that we're not continuously feeding ourselves with external inputs and with, you know, the voices or thoughts of other people. And I also think a good thing to help you get more clear too is getting in nature. You know, Lindsay and I are such huge fans of being in nature. And this doesn't mean, you know, you have to dedicate hours of a day to go on a hike or, you know, be at the beach or you don't have to be in a specific place. But it just means that like even a few minutes, even five in the morning to get your circadian rhythm set, you know, by looking close to the sun, getting vitamin D can also be really helpful for you and your body and just your overall well-being. I really think it's super helpful to meditate. You know, I'm such a fan of meditation and we can get quiet with ourselves. You know, when we're at our house, we can turn off any external input, but there is really nothing like being able to tap into your highest self with meditation. It's been such a game changer for me over the years and it's really changed my whole life, my whole personality, my whole my whole experience in life. So I do highly suggest doing silent meditation, you know, for 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's different than listening to music or listening to a guided meditation or doing a DEI or anything else. Silent meditation really is the space where you're allowing yourself to be heard and you're allowing yourself to get clarity on what you should be doing next. Do you guys know any resources for anybody who is trying to get into meditation? I know when I've tried to meditate, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's so important to have a guided meditation and someone there to kind of even explain to you what meditation is. Yeah, we love open app. So we um, work with a company called open. So it's open um, a meditation app you can download. They're incredible. They have really good breathing exercises. They have really nice uh, nature sounds that you can even listen to. I'll do nature sounds. Um, and then they have guided meditations, which are really, really helpful. So I would suggest, you know, figuring out your practice and what feels the best. You can also do Tara Brock. She has free meditations on a podcast. Her name is Tara Brock. She's incredible. And she was one of my first um, guided meditations I ever did. But also like allowing yourself to just be in silence or trying to be in silence. You know, I think so often people just sit down. They're like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if this is how it should be. And 
really it's like, what is that? You know, there's so much medicine in everything. If we really look at it, it's like, what's the need or desire to do things perfectly or do things right, or do things in the way that we perceive we have to do it because there's medicine in you just sitting with yourself and being like, hello, what's going on? (laughs) Do I even know what I'm doing? What is this? And you can even just sit and let yourself go deeper and deeper and deeper and just sort of see where your thoughts take you and giving yourself space to just let your kind of mind go wild and daydream and wonder is also really, really powerful too. But Tara Brock and then open are our suggestions for meditation uh, resources. Yeah. It's funny that you say to let yourself daydream when you're meditating, because when I first started meditating, I would get so mad at myself when I would, my mind would just like go off and wander. Yeah. It's like, you don't meditate to, you meditate to love yourself more, not to hate yourself more. So if you're in a meditation and you're like, oh my God, I'm thinking again, you know, the mind, that's what we do. The mind thinks. So it's normal, but how can we be unattached to the things that come up and not identify with them? Because you are not the thoughts that you're having. You know, you're not the thought of like the weird conversation you had the day before or the project that you have to finish. Like those are just thoughts that are offerings for you to see if you want to explore whatever's coming up. So if that bothers you too, what you can do is write down in a journal before you start to meditate or before you sit down to meditate, all the things that are sort of on your mind that you're sort of have percolating in your conscious so that you know that that's going to be taken care of because it's on a piece of paper. And that might also let you relax into the moment of meditation a bit more. And it's been super helpful for me to incorporate in addition to stillness, like a a meditation in stillness, a moving meditation. So whether I take a walk and I'm not listening to anything and I'm really just kind of walking in wonder and like noticing the sounds and just where I am and also noticing the thoughts that come up because they inevitably do. And kind of using the movement as like a way to transmute the thoughts that come up. So Krista and I love um, The Class by Taryn Toomey, which is a, a workout technically, but it's really this ecstatic movement that allows you to move emotions, move just any stuck energy and really allow any of the thoughts that come up because they will in this type of repetitive movement she's designed. And you really work with them in the moment. And for me, that's like, yes, it's very physical, but it's a form of meditation that I've like applied to any moment where I feel like, oh, I can't get through this. I'm like, oh, that moment in the class where I was like, didn't think I could do one more rep or whatever. And there was this noticing of my thoughts, but then like bringing myself to the presence and the will to give it one more. Um, So I say for people who are having trouble just sitting in stillness, that's, you know, something we can look at, but also let's maybe do a moving meditation, not listening to anything. When you said that, it reminded me of, even though it wasn't meditating, but at the beginning of the um, class, every class that we had during the accelerator program, you would have us get up and move and just like dance it out. And just, I feel like that there's so much relief. Yeah. Tony Robbins is someone that is like such a powerful speaker and a lot of his practices and principles, I've never even gone to any Tony Robbins things, but just being someone that is a speaker and teacher, you know, you study others that are really successful. He's someone that uses trampolines before his speaking. He gets people moving, he gets people dancing, and there's a real power in doing stuff like that. And when you watch powerful speakers or powerful teachers, you can learn a lot. And that was something that we learned where we're like, how can we break up this energy of feeling like 
okay, I'm on a computer. I'm on this call. I need to be this way. Like, how can we remember that we're having this human experience in this body and just sort of let go and just sort of change our energetic state from where we were before. And when you're changing your energy, you're able to really change the experience for people and people feel so much more relaxed. They're so much more engaged. They have this like lightness about them because they've shaken it out a little bit and they can remember that, you know, they're human before anything else. Do you guys practice affirmations? Candidly, I don't. There are moments where I bring them in, but it's not a regular practice for me. I feel like I bring them into my music sometimes where like I'm needing to hear a message and kind of assume that if it's coming up for me, it might be coming up for someone else. And I, I do more like musical affirmations. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't really made that a practice. However, I know a lot of people, whether it's in our sphere or people who I admire, who swear by having these phrases of truth of what they want to embody more of literally in their eyesight or as a reminder to repeat to themselves every morning, or maybe the first thing when they wake up, putting their hand over their heart and just saying, I am fill in the blank. And I believe absolutely in the power of speaking to what you want to create, speaking to what you are. Chris has talked about this, but that I am is just incredibly powerful and sends such a message to the rest of your day, the rest of your week, and really to your life. Rather than saying, I'm trying to, that has like a certain energy. The I am is just so much more powerful. And it does take practice to drop the the trying to or I'm going to. The I am takes, it takes conscious effort. Krista, have you practiced? Yeah, affirmations. I definitely had moments of, you know, a lot of affirmations. You know, the first spiritual book that I read was um, The Secret, you know, and so that's very much law of attraction based. And that was like a lot of affirmations. And I remember when I wanted to be a soul cycle instructor so bad, I mean, there was no one on earth that was doing more affirmations than me at that time. And I was saying, I am a soul cycle instructor. I am a soul cycle instructor, you know, all these things. So it's interesting because my relationship with affirmations has changed because what God gave me was better than anything that I thought I would have, you know, if I would have had what I wanted to manifest at that time through the affirmations I was saying of being a soul cycle instructor. I wouldn't be as happy as I am today. I wouldn't be as me as I am today. So now my affirmations are more so around just phrases that I feel like really help reconnect me to like my authenticity or my truth or my beauty. But rewiring, I think it has been also helpful for rewiring the brain. You know, I used to be someone that would walk around and be like, and I didn't realize it, but my subconscious was saying like, oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not all these things. So affirmations was really helpful for me to rewire and just sort of be like, I'm going to consciously bring to mind these affirmations that say, you know, I am whole, I am loved, I am successful, blah, 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 and use that to rewire my brain so that it is saying normally and naturally those kind things in replacement of those unkind things that I used to be thinking subconsciously. So, you know, people have their things to say about affirmations. And if you don't do them regularly, if you don't do them constantly, if you don't actually embody the truth of what it is that 
at a point, then I don't think they really necessarily work as powerfully as people think. But I do think it is a powerful practice to rewire and use that neuroplasticity to just reaffirm, you know, the things that you want to reaffirm in your life. When you're starting out something like a podcast, this creative medium that you put so much on yourself of the numbers and the in how many downloads you get or the number in how much you're making for your sponsorships. And I need to remember why I feel solid in who I am and why am I successful in who I am? Not because, you know, my bank account says I'm successful, but because I feel proud of who I am. Podcasting in all mediums that are external and creative, sometimes it feels like it seems like they're always drilled down to metrics of how many downloads, how many followers, how many views, how many streams, how many, you know, all these different things. So it's so hard when, you know, you're creating something in the world and that creation is really distilled down to a number. And that's really how you're supposed to define your success or your happiness or your career is on these numbers. So it's like, how can you pull out of that and remember all of the beautiful things that podcasting and creating and doing really give you in your life instead of just a number. We've had so many moments with almost 30 where I remember early days and I remember the feeling I would have when someone would ask us like, okay, so how many downloads do you have? And it was early, you know, we were still growing and though, you know, we were doing well by our standards, it always like made my stomach drop and not because I was like embarrassed. It was more so like, oh man, that takes me right out of feeling creative and feeling super excited about what we're doing. And that was like my own thing to kind of work through, but it's something to notice, you know, noticing what really takes you out of that creative genius or out of that passion. And not that numbers aren't important because they are at times, right? But I feel like those those goals can be intentionally set And there can be steps taken, resources leveraged to be able to eventually meet those goals and they are set. And then you're allowed to kind of play within that structure of like really just being with this this thing that you've created and allow it to evolve. Because if we're always checking on the numbers and always tending to that, it's two different sides of the brain. So it can be, it can be really maddening at times. Like it doesn't surprise me, you know, that it would kind of stress someone out, bring up a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I actually was curious if in the creation of almost 30, has it ever contributed to that anxiety and that feeling of guilt, that anxious guilt that we all get? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think for the first couple of years, you know, I was working a full-time job. Lindsay was working a full-time job. And there's that anxious guilt where you're like, we're not doing enough because we are having these jobs during the day. We're never going to be successful. And then the the goal to quit our jobs, you know, came into clarity. And so then it was like, oh my God, how can we quit our jobs? We're not doing enough for this. And then we were able to quit our full-time jobs and and do this full-time And then it was for me, like a fear of it going away. So it's like, oh my God, okay, this is might go away. Then I would have to go back to the corporate world. I'd have to go back to a place that I didn't feel like was for me. So then there was that fear, you know, putting pressure on it. And, you know, I struggle with that constantly. I feel better about it than 
I ever have about understanding my actual priorities in my life and what I want for myself. You know, I had to really realize that like, if I really think about it, I have everything that I need. I have nourishing relationships. I have health. I have a beautiful mission that I'm on and all these things. It's like, what more could I want for my life? And you just have to find ways in, in whether it's a gratitude practice or whether it's taking time off to really enjoy your life. You have to always remember why you're doing what you're doing and you're doing it because you want to be happy and live a life that you love. And that's fulfilling, not just to continue to work and to continue to do. But I think going deeper is the most important. So like, what is it about you that makes you feel like you have to do more and you have to produce and you have to be at the next level? You have to never stop. Because a lot of times that's inner child work, you know, where your inner child doesn't feel like they can just relax. They don't feel like they can receive. They don't feel like they're worthy if they were just to be. And when I really dug deep with inner child work, you know, I have a lot of wounding around that where I feel like the only way, not the only way, I feel like one of the ways that I get the most love is by being perfect, you know, by being someone that can be supportive of other people or be really good at things or be super smart or be whatever it is. So how can I tend to that inner child who's made me so successful? So I'm so grateful, but also just like, let her know that if she takes a break and like, if we take a break, it's all okay. We're going to be supported by the inner mother a relationship that I had to cultivate on my own. So when you are feeling that way, when almost 30, which is your passion project, is now your full-time job, when it becomes a feeling of angst when you're thinking about it, when your passion becomes the thing that's causing you the anxiety, what is it that brings you back to that space of, you know, like you said, gratitude, practicing gratitude and understanding why you're doing it. But what is it that you think has been the number one thing that you've done to pull out of it? Well, thankfully we have each other, you know, and I think that whether Krista's feeling it or I'm feeling it, or we're both feeling it, you know, our first line is, is having a a conversation with one another. And in those conversations, you know, which you can do with yourself, if you don't have someone to talk to in times of just feeling dispassionate and, and whatnot is like, what can you get really honest about? You know, because sometimes I will convince myself of certain things in order to like push forward. And then the pushing forward eventually runs out of steam and I can't push forward anymore. I start to get frustrated and it's because when it started to come up, I didn't listen to the feeling. I didn't communicate it. And I wasn't honest with myself. And it's usually something that's really simple. Does it mean that maybe we need to take Fridays as a creative day and kind of step back from the everyday of the business and just really recalibrate, get excited about some of the more creative parts of the business? Because as you know, like we've created almost 30 into a business. And what does the business involve? It's managing people. It is, you know, doing the very unsexy things on the financial side and all of these things. And so maybe, you know, my soul was telling me like, Hey, we need just a little bit more spaciousness one day a week to just play and just getting really honest. And sometimes journaling is really helpful to like bring about those truths because you can think about it up here, but again, it's like all up here. But if you can drop down into your heart a little bit and just be in that feeling of whether it's frustration, maybe sadness, dispassionate, and just 
put pen to paper and see what comes through, you might be surprised that there's some really simple things that could change right here, right now, that could change the way you feel. But again, I think the honesty is is really important because sometimes I felt like my honest feelings or honest thoughts might like mess things up. And so I would keep them, but it's really been so therapeutic for both Krista and I to come to each other and be like, yo, I don't think this part of what we're doing is working or something feels a little off here, or I'm feeling really depleted and like I shouldn't. And let's talk about how we can kind of optimize this whole process. It's okay to not always feel passionate. There are going to be days where you're feeling low and you're not practicing all of the healthy things that you can, like meditation or journaling. We all get in those ruts where we aren't doing everything that we can to put ourselves in that space of productivity and passion. How do you give yourself the grace instead of beating yourself up for that to get back into a healthy space? Yeah, I was really feeling that beginning of 2022. So the beginning of this year where I was like, whoa, I do not feel inspired. I do not feel excited. I do not feel like I want to work. I just felt like I didn't want to be at my computer. I just felt completely in a rut with things. And it was probably the first time in my life. And I'm really grateful, you know, as a business owner, you're allowed to give yourself that grace where you know, at a corporate job where I would feel in a rut, I would still go there, but it was like, I was completely out to lunch mentally. (laughs) So it was like, my body would be there, but I wouldn't be there. But I was able to really give myself space and take the time and really just like be curious about it. Like I was very curious. I'm like, okay, what is this feeling telling me? Is this something that has to do with work? Does it not have to do with work? And so as much as you can, giving yourself permission to sort of lean into that and really just be kind and curious about it because you know, we're not machines, like we're human beings and we're not going to be people that are like every single day we feel completely lit up and inspired and, you know, excited about the work that we're doing and feel completely on purpose. Like life is meant to ebb and flow. Life is meant to change. We are meant to ebb and flow. We are meant to change. And then just being curious in your path and just like, what is this telling me? Is this telling me that I need to mix it up? Is this telling me that I need to change directions. Is this telling me that, you know, something has to change and then let, letting that guide your next journey or your next venture, but being a creative person and being in the creative space, like you're just going to have periods in time where you feel super hot and you're inspired. And then you're going to have times when you're like, okay, this is so uninteresting to me. And how can you just be your own best friend through that process? Yeah. And Krista, you actually posted an Instagram you wrote about not feeling inspired and giving yourself the grace for that and how it's okay to be in that space. And I think that it's important for anybody who is feeling like that to know that you're okay where you're at, allow yourself to feel the way that you're feeling. And when you're ready to do the work, it's going to be hard work, but do the work and, you know, really get deep with yourself about why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. I think that might have been that post or another post that I've done, but I did this post on like the ultimate productivity hack because so many people are like, what's your productivity hacks? My ultimate productivity hack is like going with the flow of my moods. And like, as an example, this week, I literally got so much work done. I got probably the amount of work done I could have done all year just because I felt super productive. I was like, okay, 
I'm going to ride the wave and I'm going to work it late, get up early, be working all day. And I feel amazing. But that means that next week I might be like, you know what? I'm not feeling super good. And how can we, instead of like half-assing work when we don't feel motivated, when we don't feel inspired, and then we're not doing the work that we want, we're not doing quality work. We're kind of half in, half out. How can we really, really do deep work and focus time when we are feeling inspired instead of forcing us to be working 24 seven when we are not really feeling it? It almost wastes time. I completely agree. And I feel like it adds that layer of shame of like, oh, I should be more, should be doing more of something. I should be getting more done. And yeah, I completely agree. Like it's been such a game changer. And I feel like I kind of started to understand this like cyclical nature of just my own energy through our conversation with Elisa Vitti years ago about our cycles and like syncing our cycles with productivity with what we eat with how we're working out and it got me thinking about like oh wow like I'm literally like a different human in a way every week of the month you know and like yeah there are weeks where I'm feeling like fuck yeah let's get as much done as possible and then there are other weeks where I'm like who is this person that literally cannot even pick up a freaking pen right now (laughs) you know it's it's pretty wild but once you, to Chris's point, like really get in tune with that, it can change everything. Yeah. I, the last like two, well, I've been uh, having really bad migraines for the last month and a half. And this week is the first week that I have gone and not had to take a nap. Two weeks ago, I couldn't even imagine getting out of bed in the morning. And I was so harsh on myself because I didn't feel like I was completing all the things that I needed to complete. But then every day this week, like you, Krista, I've been very productive. I've been getting things done and I've felt great. But I think that the moment that we get into a space where we're not able to put everything into our passion or into our work, we're so hard on ourselves. And when you're being hard on yourself and you're not giving yourself the grace during that time, you're not being fair to yourself. And you're also, you're not being fair to the work. Like if you're forcing yourself to do the work when you're not passionate about it, it's not going to be the best work that you can do. Obviously there are certain things that need that have deadlines and you need to honor those deadlines. And sometimes you can't take the break, but I think that when you feel it and you're, you know, you need it, if you have the space that you can give yourself the grace and forgive yourself for that. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately is like the concept of, you know, when you're productive and I've been so productive this week and I was like, Oh, I feel great because I'm productive, but it's like, then that's not really self-love, you know, self-love isn't, Oh, because I was producing, I feel good and love myself. And I don't want to beat myself up for being proud of my productivity this week, but it's like, we can, kind of look and find ways where it's like when you have migraines and you're napping, how can you love yourself just as much as when you had a super productive week? Okay. So I I think that we've gone through all of the questions that I have written for you guys. I cannot even say how much I appreciate you guys. I also just want to mention, since we're on the topic of productivity, one of the things that you guys uh, recommended for me to use was the time block planner. And that has been a game changer for me, even on those days when I'm not feeling passionate, being able to have it down there and like give myself the space, putting my phone away during certain hours of the day. It really has been a game changer. And I have um, now on my phone, 
like a block to use social media during certain hours of the day. But thank you guys for, I mean, the recommendations that you guys have made for me have been a game changer for me. Like I said, the accelerator program was everything. Everyone listening to this is going to get so much out of it. So thank you guys for coming on and for being authentic and open. And you guys always are, but I really appreciate anyone who comes to the podcast and has that energy. Oh, thank you, Allie. And yeah, I was saying before we hopped on that, you know, we're super proud of the accelerator program and we agree with you. It's amazing. And like, I feel like you really had to meet it halfway and do the work yourself and commit to it and execute on it. And you've done that. So just want to give you major kudos and I'm excited to see what's next for you. I mean, all these plans that you shared with us beforehand, I was like, oh my God. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. I don't know who I think I am. <laughs> Big dreams, baby. We love that. I mean, all you needed was just like the permission and it's crazy. You know, I used to think that I'm like, and when you invest in yourself, like you're always like a little nervous. It just is wild what happens when you really take a chance and invest on yourself. So it was such a pleasure to have you in and your podcast is so amazing. I can't wait to come to the studio in Austin and just know we're always here if you have any questions or or need help. And for anyone listening to, we're going to be doing the accelerator again in the fall. So that will be in Q3 of this year, but you can also get any of the programs or any of the content related to podcasting on our website at almost30.com underneath podcast pro. Now, is the guided meditation that you recorded, Lindsay, is that available on YouTube for anybody to use? I would recommend signing up for the Podcast Pro newsletter. And I will make sure after this episode comes out, we'll send that, that out in a newsletter so people can have that meditation for themselves. Is there any last piece of advice that you guys want to share? Just always having your own back. You know, I feel like there's so many confusing things and distractions, whether it's relationships or friends or jobs, but it's always going to be you in the end. You know, your relationship with you is the utmost importance. Like, although the relationships with friends and other relationships in your 20s feel so important and feel like everything and they feel like, you know, you would die if you would lose them or if they would change. But it's like just remembering to cultivate the relationship with yourself first, because then that will be reflected in all areas of your life. So never neglect your own self-relationship. And yeah, I would say specifically for people in their 20s, I thought I had to like do it all in my 20s. You know, I really thought that I had to figure it the fuck out, like full blown. and that just wasn't possible with where I was at, you know? And so if we can really meet ourselves where we are and not feel like we are on some timeline, when I realized, and this was like, you know, I guess spirituality 101, but when I realized that like everything is divinely timed, I was like, oh, wow. I feel so much more peaceful (laughs) where I'm not where I'm not like jonesing to be somewhere that I'm not. And I'm just so present to my life and it's a constant practice, but yeah, I mean, once I hit my thirties, I was like, oh yeah, like I couldn't have figured everything out in my twenties. And it was really in my late twenties. And if your listeners are there, it's like, take those small steps to come back to yourself, to come home to yourself. And that might be just daily journaling, meditation, maybe, you know, having an honest conversation with a friend, praying, you know, whatever that looks like for you, but 
it's a lifelong journey, you know, so we don't have to do it all in this 10 years of your life. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Where can anybody who's listening find you guys? Um, I'll, I'll link all of this in the show notes, but if you want to give your Instagram, uh, your website information, and of course, where they can find your podcast. Yeah, you can listen to Almost 30 wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, and then almost30.com. You can find more information about Lindsay and I. We have our membership, which is an amazing resource for people. We also have Podcast Pro on there. So you can join the Accelerator Program waitlist, or you can get our digital courses, which exist right now if you want to tap in and do some self-learning. You can find Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. And then I'm on Instagram at it's Krista. It's ITS Krista. And Lindsay is on Instagram at Lindsay Simsic. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. I cannot even put into words how great this was to have you on. Amazing. I can't wait to see you in Austin. Thanks, Allie. 